It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU falls to Arkansas, and folks, there are a whole lot more questions than there are answers. We're trying to break it all down on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As always, this is a special edition we like to call Postcast, coming to you after BYU Falls Saturday afternoon, 52-35 to to the Arkansas Razorbacks. And yes, this is coming to you. I'm recording this uh, past 11 o'clock uh, here locally in Utah. This game has been over for six hours plus at this point, and I'm finally just getting to this because, frankly, I- I've been trying to think about what angle I wanted to take with this postcast. And also, I'll admit, I wanted to watch the entirety of Utah and USC. That was a game I was looking forward to watching and was able to sit down and watch that. Congratulations to the Utes, by the way. Huge win for them on their home field, beating the USC Trojans. Now, that's not the point of what we're doing here. We're talking about BYU, and they fall to 4-3 and three after losing to Arkansas. And frankly, uh, this was a game that BYU's defense needs to shoulder the majority of the blame for. Are there things that the offense has to answer for? Absolutely. When you lose the turnover margin 3-1, to one, obviously your offense bears some responsibility in all of this. But... BYU's defense, their inability to get stops in this game in any moment, I mean any moment, is crippling to BYU's chances in any game that they're playing at this moment. I'm going to throw up this graphic here. It is the team stats. comes up by way of ESPN.com. Uh, most of you probably seen this already, but I wanted to look at a couple of key things here. I'm actually going to make this uh, maximize the window here so you can see this. Now, uh, first things first, 34 first downs. Okay, that's not a great number. You don't want to give up 34 first downs no matter who you are. Now, 644 yards, not great either because that's just an abysmal number. Anything north of 500 yards is just atrocious, and BYU gave up 644, and had Arkansas decided they wanted to pile on some more, they probably could have, it felt like, in this game. 367 yards passing, 29 to 40 completion percentage, yards per pass, 9.2, that's a great number there for Arkansas, 277 yards rushing. Uh, many of you will recall, in the keys to the game leading up to this one, I felt like BYU were able to keep Arkansas around 150 yards rushing. That have a chance in this one. Well, what is the what do the Razorbacks do? Oh, they go out there and darn near uh, double that number. Uh, they ran 82 total offensive plays for Arkansas, and about as balanced as you possibly could have hoped for in this game. But there is one glaring number that, if I'm a BYU defender, it's just atrocious. It's right here. 12 of 15, third down efficiency. That is meaning that Arkansas, out of 15 tries on third down, converted it for a first down 12 times. You know what that percentage is? 80%, folks. The number over here for BYU, looking at this, 7 of 13 right there, just north of 50%. If you're anywhere uh, north of 50%, you're considered downright elite in college football. That's for a season and in a game. That, that number, 50 plus percent on your third down conversions, is considered, and I, I mean I mean this, elite. You you are like a top 10 in the country, if not top 5, with that number of 50% conversions. 12 of 15, what is that? 
superhuman? Are we talking, is, is this Superman out here? That, that's what Arkansas, they were just impossible for BYU's defense to get a stop in this game. And that's what cost them in the end with a 52-35 to 35 loss, their inability to get off the stinking field. Now, you go back, you may recall that Notre Dame game, BYU had the same issue. It was actually just over 68% for, uh, for Notre Dame in that game. I think there might have been one uh, third down conversion late in that game against Notre Dame that actually pushed that percentage down south of 70%. But if you combine the two, BYU in the last two weeks has given up 23 of 31 first down, a uh, third down uh, conversion, third down efficiency or third down conversions in the last two games against Notre Dame and Arkansas, obviously both games that they lost. You know what that percentage comes out to, folks? 74.2%. Darn near three out of every four third downs that a BYU opponent has faced in the past 120 minutes of game action, they have gotten a first down on. It feels like in this circumstance right now, if BYU's defense plays first and second down, maybe gets, let's say they get two sacks, and it's a second and... Well, just me. They get first down. They get a sack, and they get a tackle for loss on second. And let's say it's a, a third and twenty-two. Do any of you think that BYU is not going to give up the first down in that circumstance? Because it feels like that's how bad things have gotten for this BYU defense. And I'm not trying to come on here and say the BYU defense is completely awful. They need to have a coaching change because the, 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 that 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 discussion. Is something we still need to discuss. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But that number, the 12 of 15 on third down conversions, you're not going to win any game, it feels like. I'm, I'm serious. You could probably do that against Utah Tech. Let Utah Tech hold the ball, have 15 uh, chances at third down, and let them convert it on 12 times. And I'll guarantee you, Utah Tech's going to be in a ball game with BYU. And Utah Tech, by the way, no offense to the guys down there in St. George. Paul Peterson's doing a fine job trying to build up that program. But they don't belong on the same field, frankly, as BYU. But if you're going to allow it team, let's say like Arkansas, to be 12 of 15 on third down, any opponent, I don't care who it is, is going to be in the mix with you in that game. BYU's offense, frankly, did not lose this game. They, they came out, by the way, slow starts for offense, not an issue in this. Jaron Hall came out firing. He ends up with 356 yards passing, and had he not had some of those turnovers, he may have gone for 400, 450. Who knows what he would have gone for in this game? Who knows if BYU gives him some extra possessions by getting some stops, what he might have done for BYU use offense. The running game, not so good. Still just 115 yards rushing. They had their moments early on that second half. Christopher Brooks, like he was starting to get it on a roll, but Arkansas adjusted to it and shut that down in the fourth quarter. So BYU, it's just if it's not one thing, it feels like it's another right now. That's probably the best way to put it for BYU. Think about this. Going back to the Notre Dame game just for a moment. BYU, their offense struggled. Jaron Hall didn't practice at all in the lead-up to that Notre Dame game, and it, and he looked like it. He had 120 yards passing in that game, and BYU's offense, despite their defense giving them ball, giving them the ball back in multiple circumstances with a chance to go, out, go down and, in the end, have a chance to tie it, they were unable to do that. The offense kind of failed the defense in some circumstances. I know that Arcan- that Notre Dame still had almost 600 yards of offense on their own, so the defense was not blameless in that game, but they came up with some big plays and big turnovers that gave the BYU offense a chance, and the BYU offense couldn't get it done against Notre Dame. In this game, BYU's offense was doing everything and anything they wanted to, it felt like, in this game, and the BYU defense let them down in this circumstance. 
We're seven games into the season, folks, and we still have BYU making just a, a, some comical, I mean comical, errors. I'm going to downsize this screen. I'll bring my face back up here if you're watching this on YouTube. But the, the bigger thing right now for BYU is, is they seemingly cannot get on the same page and work in concert as a team. And that it's just, it, 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 frankly, it's abysmal to watch. If you're a BYU fan right now, what confidence do you have in this team winning any game down the rest of the stretch run of this season? Okay, Utah Tech, it, it should be a gimme, and it will be. It will be favored. It will be a Nike, 99% chance to win, 99.9% chance to win. But any other game out there, what confidence can you have in this BYU defense to get stops, to get the ball back for, 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 their, for, the, for, for the offense? What confidence can you have? If you have that confidence, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear your take on that because, frankly, right now, I don't have that confidence in this BYU defense. And is it on coaching? Partially. Is it on the players? Partially. Is Kalani Satake uh, burying his head in the sand and decided, you know what, I'm just going to let things roll how they are? I don't think so. I think Kalani Satake is as frustrated as anybody. He said in the postgame press conference, I have, quote, decisions to make, unquote, as a head coach here. Does that mean he's going to fire Elisa Tuiaki? Heck if I know. Is he going to fire Ed Lamb? Heck if I know there. Is he going to make a change and install himself as defensive coordinator a la Bronco Mendenhall uh, was in 20-whatever it was when his defensive coordinator quit on him mid-game against Utah State? I don't know. He had no problem firing Ty Detmer. I've seen, trust me, plenty of you tweeting that at me. He had no problem canning the BYU legend Ty Detmer when the offense wasn't working. Why is he not going to fire Elisa Tuiaki in the circumstance? Folks, I'm not paid the big bucks to make that call. I don't have any influence over that. Do I think a change could do some good in this circumstance? Possibly, but it also could fracture this team irre- irre- irreparably. That, that that's the also the other uh, side of this. You you could do so, you could make a move, a drastic move that you, Kalani Sataki may feel like he needs to make, but then at the same time. It might have the law of unintended consequences comes into effect. It, it very well could fracture this team. Could be guys that are loyal to Elisa Tuiaki or uh, whoever, Ed Lamb, no matter who it might be. That could also happen. Frankly, this team could fracture right now. This could become an offense versus a defense thing just based on how things are going for this team right now. It's it, BYU feels like they're at at like a, a, a crossroads right now. Is this team going to rally together, figure it out, and make a run here as the schedule gets significantly weaker on paper as they head to Liberty next week? They've got ECU the week after that, Boise, Utah Tech, and then Stanford. Like the the final five games here on paper are probably the weakest part of BYU's schedule. Are they going to make a run here and end up nine and three? But maybe so. But at the same time, if this defense is going to play the way they're playing right now, there's little to no confidence that BYU is going to be capable of winning any of those games unless they're going to win them in a shootout. Which, by the way, the offense right now looks like it's more than capable of playing in a shootout like this if they're given the requisite amount of touches. Uh, I, frankly, I'll be stunned Monday if Kalani Sitake gets sits down for his press conference on Zoom with us in the media and says, folks, I've made a decision. I've decided to relie, relieve Elisa Tuiaki, Ed Lamb. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I've re- decided to make a, a drastic move. I, I, I frankly do not think that is going to happen. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Do I think it, it could and should and whatever? Should? I don't think it's going to happen. 
Uh, I could be wrong, and I'd be happy to eat crow if, if that very much is the case. But I think that Kalani Satake, he just wants to see his team figure it out. Are they going to figure it out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm an after analyst, folks. Many of you tune into this looking for me to 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 spit hot takes and to to get to make you the smartest BYU fan out there. I'm doing my best, but frankly, right now, I I just don't know. There are so many things going on with this team that are just head scratching, baffling, uh, just wonders of the universe type stuff. The fourth and down that BYU went for in that game. You know that there wasn't a play called. Yeah, Kalani Stocky said that in the post game. He said there was no play called, and Joe Tukuafu, who's in its center in replacement of Connor Pay, decides inexplicably to snap the football. Jaron Hall wasn't ready for it. He was barking out calls, trying to get uh, Arkansas to jump off sides. They had literally had no play call. There's no play called. And what does Joe Tukuafu do? Oh, I gotta snap the ball, and he snaps the football. How? You had darn near five minutes on that sideline talking about it during a media timeout after they reviewed the spot of Jaron Hall's scramble that appeared to have a first down. They decided it was a half yard short. And you had that entire time to talk about it. You don't make a, a call. And what does Joe Tukuafu do? He snaps the football. How? How do you do that? Then they have a chance. Tyler Batty gets a clean break, a clean look at KJ Jefferson and has a, an opportunity for a gigantic sack. It would have, they would have been punting the ball. It was a third down, I'm fairly certain. What does he do? He goes high, gets shaken off by a 240-pound behemoth in KJ Jefferson. Oh, by the way, then two other BYU defenders have a chance to get the sack. They can't get him on the ground. KJ Jefferson then completes the pass, which goes for a first down. Those two plays were kind of the epitome of just the of how things went in this game against Arkansas for BYU. This is a BYU squad that I'm not 100% certain has the player leadership it needs. I don't think necessarily the coaching is up to snuff right now for BYU. The schemes definitely aren't snuff right now. They're just not matching up the way they need to. There are guys playing out of alignment. There are guys trying to play hero ball, make a play on their own. There, there are so many things going wrong for BYU right now, especially on the defensive side of the football, that frankly, I don't think just a coordinator switch is going to fix all of it. That good enough for you? Because that's where I sit right now. I, I just don't see a, a, a way forward that you make this one move and suddenly all is all is well in Cougarland. I, I I think there are bigger issues at play. There are more, all of the things for BYU, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got my hands crossed here. There are so many interconnected pieces to all of the issues BYU has right now that I don't think, like I said, one move, so we're moving Elisa Tuiaki from the equation. I, I don't think that clears up all this other stuff over here. Maybe it could, but I just don't see that happening because coaches coach, players play. And right now, BYU's defensive players, they are playing out of alignment, out of assignment. They are playing downright lazy football at times. There's other times where they're completely unawares, apparently, of down and distance types. It, just, it is baffling to me how badly things are going for BYU right now. And... Like I said, I, I I wish I had answers for you guys. I'm going to watch the film of this game. I'll break it down for you on Monday, what I took away from it. But there are so many issues. I, I mean, glaring issues. Simple and complicated type stuff that, like I said, I don't think simply put, canning 
axing, whacking, making a change at the top of your leadership structure for the BYU football program, whether it's your defensive coordinator, your assistant head coach, or anybody else. I don't think that is the perfect solution for all of this. Could it be? Absolutely. But there are other factors at play here that I think that a coordinator switch or uh, whatever, a uh, head coach stepping in, a la Bronco Mendenhall, if Kalani Sitake steps in and takes over the defense, a coach can say what he wants, but the players have to go out there and make the plays out there on the football field. And what did BYU's defense do? Well, they gave up 644 yards, and on third down, they looked like they couldn't stop uh, uh, stop anybody. Like, I could have played for Arkansas in this game, it felt like, and converted to the third down. It's just, it's not good enough right now. And BYU, this is supposed to be Power 5 caliber football that BYU's playing, and they ain't playing Power 5 caliber football on defense especially. It, it looks like they're playing... What, peewee football out there? It's just... It's just not good enough. I keep saying that over and over again. I've said it too many times this year. And and frankly, there's seven games into this season. And Kalani, his coaches can say that we got to clean this up. We got to play with more discipline. We we just got to play cleaner football. Okay, great. You can say that all you want. But who out there is watching these football games feeling like progress is being made. It, it seems to be, if it's not one thing, it's another. And many, in many ways, it's not just it's not something different. It's just the same issue that pops up time and time again. You think you're clearing that up, oh, all of a sudden, it's like the Hydra that grows another head and it's right back in your face and, it, and it's not good enough. It just... Ugh. I've been blathering for nearly 20 minutes on this right now and I don't think I've gotten anywhere but just kind of tying myself into into a pretzel or into knots, trying to wiggle my way out of this conundrum that is the BYU defense. We'll get to your comments. We'll talk about that. We'll wrap up uh, with some comments from you guys on social media. Uh, postcast rolls on. Uh, before we do that, let's talk for a minute about our friends over at Bet Online. Now, I can tell you this much. BYU may not be doing well on the gridiron, but you can be a winner when it comes to our friends over at Bet Online, as they are your number one source for all of your bet- football betting information this season, my friends. Find all the latest player developments, team matches, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on on every game that you can find out there, both in the NFL and in college football, even if BYU might be breaking your heart. But the best part is, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. I have a dear friend out there who says that I bet against BYU because even if they lose, I still win. That's not a bad philosophy to have. So give it a shot, my friends. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net net or use your mobile device to learn more now that's bet online where the game starts this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found home chef home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals. 
and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Let's throw up our uh, our window here of our tweets uh, coming in uh, to both my Twitter account, Jacob C. Hatch, and Locked On Cougars. Our good from Blair Red. Uh, this was his reaction to the game. BYU just not fast enough. And by the way, Arkansas, really, really fast. Rocket Sanders, uh, his first name Raheem, but he goes by Rocket. He lived up to his billion on that 64-yard touchdown. He just absolutely took off and was off to the races. Daniel Haslam, the SEC is the real deal. I'm not a bad take there. Caden uh, Peterson, our offense is one of the best in the country. If our defense could get one to two stops a quarter, we'd beat almost anybody. It's not a bad take there. I like that, Caden. And by the way, uh, Caden, I know you said you wanted to come on the podcast. We can work on that. We'll see what we can do. Uh, he's at Caden JP, as you see on on, on social media there. Uh, Dan Daniel Haslam before that, at Dan Haslam, and then uh, Blair Red, at Coach Blair Red. Uh, Jay Bing of a Jay Bing's 3 says, zone coverage is not working. DBs are not executing on it. Eyes are stuck in the backfield. You're not wrong there, uh, Bing, Jay Bingham. The BYU's secondary and the linebackers, the middle of the defense is supposed to be like where guys fear going across the middle, and it just looked like a pillowy, soft cushion for Arkansas to throw across the middle. They were completing pass after pass across the middle. That was, frankly, abysmal. Just a, yet another thing that BYU's defense is struggling with right now. All right, next thing. Mojo, our good friend over there in the sandbox. What else is there to say? If Kalani doesn't make some changes in his coaching staff, he'll lose the fan base. It reminds me of what happened with Ty Detmer. Got to a point that where, where there was really no other option. I think we're there. Maybe we are, Mojo. Like I said, maybe we are at that point and Kalani Sitake will stun me and make that change. But... I'm not counting on it. Let's just, let me just put that. Uh, I, I'll take you back to 2017. Uh, in multiple post games that season, as things were getting worse and worse on offense, Kalani Satake said multiple times, I know what I have to do, and we'll see if we can get it done, or something to that effect. I know what I have to do. And he said that time and time again time again in post game. And all of us were like, what are you talking about? You're not fixing anything. What are you talking about? Well, ultimately, he decided to make that change. The, the, literally, I felt like the minute they got back from Hawaii at the end of that 4-9 and debacle, he cans. Ty Detmer and the entire offensive staff that we found out that's what he had been talking about I haven't heard that same type of a deal until this game when he said I have to make decisions that that was the first time I have heard him talk about anything like that in the post game from today's game uh, next one Matthew Reader at Matt Rita says uh, someone needs to ask the coaches direct questions about defensive schemes Matt I've tried uh, I think uh, some of my uh, my compatriots in the in the media sphere at BYU have tried to ask the coaches about the defensive schemes, but they are giving you. They, they, uh, frankly, they're going to give you coach speak answers. They're they're going to they're going to talk around it in circles until they quote unquote give an answer without actually giving an answer. We'll press them some more, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, JT Lamro, JT underscore Lamro says the defense sucks, man. Twelve of fourteen ended up twelve of fifteen on third down for Arkansas is abysmal. So many players just are not good enough. I feel like you could blame the coach coaches and schemes so much, but these guys just need to play and it's not happening. Big 12 is going to be rough if nothing changes. JT, I think that's why I, I, you said it about as well as I could. I've, I took 20 minutes to get there. I think you named it. I feel like you could blame the coaches and schemes so much, but these guys just need to play and it's not happening. There is a component to all of this, my friends, that BYU, just their defensive players just need to go out there and play football. 
They're really that that is something that absolutely has to happen. They just need to go play ball. And it feels like they are just so, so tight in certain circumstances or trying to play hero ball at the same time. There are guys, I, I saw it, it live. There are multiple instances where a guy was trying to make the play of like three or four other guys and not doing his job on a play, and it broke down, and Arkansas got a big gainer from that. Uh Chase at C Stu, how many more games does this guy get to coach on the defense? And it's a gif of Elisa Tuiaki. I, I don't know what to tell you, Chase. I, I don't have an answer there. Uh, Kyle at Kylo Hand. Tuiaki's never been good. He needs to go back to the big sky, not the Big 12. Really bad defense. The defense wasn't good enough. You're right. Tuiaki cannot be stopped at Y for Life. I was thinking if we could be a 38-24 type of game, but I was thinking there'd be control and method. I was surprised to see the defense just completely come undone, and I don't know why why I let it surprise me every time. All right, Y for Life. I I can respect that because I get where you're coming from. You'd like to think that B why you would figure something out, but they haven't, and that, that's that's tough enough. Uh, next one up here, Jordan Wall, J, uh, Jordan Wall, one forty-one. This D line couldn't create enough pressure to bur- to bust a grape. It's time for a major overhaul. Uh, okay, I. I uh, the pressure, it was another issue in this game. BYU brought four and five men, and they just couldn't get to K.J. Jefferson. He only 29 of 40 c- passing. This is a guy who was no more for his running than his passing skill, folks. And BYU made him look like an absolute gunslinger out there. Uh, I'm scrolling over some of these because a lot of them are repeating. Uh, Nate Slack, Arkansas finished with 644 yards of offense, converted on 12 of 13, 15, 12 of 13, 12 of 15 third downs. It was a new week. Same story for BYU's defense. It's time to move on from Tuiaki. Uh, Nate, I, I love you, my man. I, I get what you're saying, but I, like I said, my, if, if I'm a bet, betting man on if Elisa Tuiaki is fired this time Monday evening, uh, I'm betting that he's not. That's just me. Um, uh, Nick, Nick Chadwick, if all the questions asked by media to Kalani, maybe one for Hall's shoulder, aren't about Tuiaki, then the media is failing us as well as our defense. The last two games, opposing teams are what? 28 of 32 on third down. It's 21 of 32, but uh, 21 of, excuse me, uh, whatever. Was not, 74.2%. That might be the worst average ever by any defense in any league. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with you there, uh, Nick. Alright, scrolling up see, see some other ones here. Uh, Craig H. Craig uh, G26. Kalani's BFF is no BFF of mine. Have guts and make the change. Release Tuiaki. Crappy clock management at the end of the half. That also, BYU uh, runs a play, then lets a, at least what I counted, 8 seconds run off before deciding to call timeout when they had a chance to maybe get some points right before halftime. There was just they weren't on the same page. That that that's sophomore can just you, inexcusable. Those type of errors should not be happening. You need to have a clear, concise guys. We're trying to move down the field quickly here to get a first down. If you get out of bounds, we're going to we're going to spike the ball. That's that, that's what you guys need to know. And but it seemed like guys were not on the same page, and that. It's not good enough. You have to you have to clean that up. Um, next one. Uh, let's see here. Scrolling up some more. Uh, Pam at Hayseed sixty eight. Our offense did well. They have to be frustrated with the defense though. If coaches don't change, what can we do? Well, Pam, what what you can do is if you're a big enough donor, you withhold your money. If you're a fan, you turn off the TV and don't watch the games. Uh, that's really all you really can do. And so that's that's the tough part about this. Uh, Laney Beatty at Laney Beatty says I'm a longtime listener of the podcast, but I've never posted any thoughts on. Twitter, but it's time for me finally to say something. The defense in this game was a joke with the clown face emoji. This kind of defense is just not going to work next year in the Big 12. Laney, thank you. Sincerely, thank you for listening to the podcast. I I love when folks like you uh, sound off because I know that it took a lot for you to say that, but you're right. It's not good enough. It's not going to work in the Big 12. There's no doubt about that. 
All right, uh, next thing. Jeff Henor, our good friend down there in Atlanta. Our defensive line is worse than I thought. We're not ready for Big 12 football. Jared and Puka should come back next year. Eyes emoji. Now, Jeff, that last one, Jared and Puka should come back next year. Eyes emoji. Sure, you'd, you'd like to think so, but what makes them want to come back if this defense is going to fail them repeatedly? What what makes them think, yeah, you know what I want to do? I want to run it back and have to play in some shootouts once again. I'm going to get plenty of stats, but at the same time, my defense is going to make it so I have to literally score on Every down, it feel, uh, excuse me. Every drive, it feels like to have a chance to win. It, I don't know. I, I I don't see why you would want to stick around if that's how things are going to go. Our good friend Tyler Berg at Yahoo Bugster. It's run its course. Be done. Nothing about these changes are working. Teams have figured it out by countering with a hurry up offense. Please for the love. I think what Tyler is referring to is he wants Elisa Tuiaki out. I, I don't think that anything I read on these are going to tell you as anything different. I think everybody's on the same page there, but let me go back to my point. What I'm seeing, this is just my observation, is that I don't necessarily think a defensive coordinator switch right now is going to fix every single issue. Would it fix some issues? Yeah, probably. But is it going to fix all of them? I'm not 100% certain of that. All right, um, next one. Let's see here. Uh, you already know, fire the quote defensive genius. I don't know where the defensive genius thing came from, Ryan Moon. That's Ryan Daniel Moon. Maybe somebody made that comment and I missed it, but maybe so. Uh, Tyson Davis right here. Game flip when you go for it on your 35 when you're up. This isn't an NCAA video game where you're in your friend's basement where you, are, you aren't allowed to punt. And why in heaven's name are you playing to prevent on first and 25? Play straight up and let them get second and, second and a half first downs. I'm maybe reading that right wrong Tyson but your first part when you flipped yeah when you on your own 35 but you weren't supposed to go for it it was the center the only guy who has control of the ball outside of the quarterback there was no play called and inexplicably he snaps the football Joe Tukuafu had the brain fart of brain farts and snapped that football and cost BYU big time Big, 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 big time in that one. All right, a couple other ones. Amber Roberts, we started bad with cringy pregame. The marching band stood there dead silent. We awkwardly waited for the late flyover. We did do that. It was about a two-minute delay. The fans on the stadium screens couldn't sync up for our chance, and the rest of the day was just off. Hashtag BYU football. Hashtag BYU Cougars. All right, Amber, okay. It did seem a little awkward because the way they planned those out, those F-35s that flew over, they are supposed to be synced up that when the band is hitting its final note in the national anthem, they're supposed to fly overhead. That didn't happen. It, was, it felt like it was about two minutes before they finally showed up. So there was some timing issues. I actually saw a, a guy actually running along the sideline. I might, might have seen this on the western sideline who was wearing a headset. He's probably... probably, probably uh, He's probably part of the game day operations staff who was running out to like center field, uh, I mean to midfield where the conductor was at and he kind of glanced up at him and like made a motion like, hey, you need to carry this out. I think that they knew that the, the, the Jets were late and they had not timed it the right way. Uh, so that, yeah, uh, yeah, so good times. All right, Preston and Corinne Arnold. Hey, Bama gave up 52 points today too, so we're basically like the same. All right, Preston and Corinne. I can respect that. That actually made me chuckle. Uh, Jordan Naylor gave up the same amount of points as Alabama, so not too bad. Well, Alabama did lose to the number six team in the country uh, in that loss to Tennessee. By the way, congratulations to the Volunteers. Huge win for them on their home field. They tore down the goalposts and threw them in the river. That was awesome. Awesome. That, that aside. Uh, next one. Uh, how come everybody on the coaching staff was worried about no added defensive line strength during the offseason? Literally everybody saw it but then. Now, that's a good one. So it comes from LV Coog at LV Coog. I assume that stands for Las Vegas Coog. Now, LV Coog, uh, the thing about this is BYU's defensive line, if you look at just the roster numbers for BYU's defensive line, they have got a glut of guys on that roster. Like, actually more than their uh, 
typical roster alignment for a defensive line. They have a ton of guys on that roster. The problem is, are any of them performing up to expectations? Frankly, not in this one. Not in this game. They weren't. Uh, that's the tough part. All right. Uh, playoff uh, BYU for Trey at Playoff Bogey says, when does basketball start? Well, we're just under a month. Play, uh, BYU for Trey. I think we're like, what, 23 days away? I'm done with 11 learning. Hold someone accountable. Number two. Number th- uh, three. Tuyaki is not a Division One coordinator. Well, he is because he still holds that job, but I get what you're saying. Number four. Uh, BYU made too many st- mistakes in every phase to win the game. Now, uh, I agree with that because there were turnovers on uh, defense. The special team though, outside of the the PAT, which by the way, went off the upright, the the special teams actually wasn't necessarily super weak outside of that, but I I get that that that, that actually affected. The groans were clearly audible up in the press box when Justin Smith pinged that off the upright, and by the way, they replaced him with Jacob Oldroyd at that point. Uh, Where's Cash Peterman? That's my question. And then number five, uh, from BYU for Trey, Uh, defensive line recruiting has to improve to compete in the Big 12. Completely agree on that. Uh, The problem is, are the guys that are running BYU's defensive line recruiting the right guys you want to be recruiting there? That it would be uh, Preston Hadley and or Elisa Tuiaki. Are are they making the wrong evaluations? That that is something that needs to be analyzed there. Uh, All right, a couple more things before we wrap things up. We're going way too long here. Uh, Matthew Detweiler, my main takeaway is that even even though we suffered a bad home loss, BYU fans are entirely too negative. Interesting, Matt. Uh, Matt's a longtime listener. I, I know Matt uh, well. I'm interested in that take, Matt. That's interesting here. You, you think BYU fans are just a little bit too much over the top. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, Tanner Mortimer, how much money would it take to get Bronco Mendenhall in as a defensive coordinator at BYU? I'll ask around for donations. Uh, I'm going to venture a guess that it's going to take a pretty hefty sum to get Bronco back in Provo. That's just me. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, all right. And then uh, final thing. Oh, Timothy Giblet. Uh, is everyone going to give pe- Kalani a pass on his horrible decision to go for fourth and one on BYU's side of the field? Well, that's when the momentum turned. Well, Timothy, it wasn't Kalani who made the call because guess what? There was no call. It was just a brain fart of brain farts from Joe Tukuavu. Uh, let's see, last one here. Ge- Gecko Gekota from Gecko Gab uh, saying that BYU will win games, go to a bowl, possibly with a 9-3 record. That means they'd win out. And is anybody predicting that right now? Probably not. But However, if the problems aren't fixed this year, there will be really big losses next year. Completely agree. It's just, it's a tough deal. Um, and then Tanner Mortimer, final thing here. Got scammed on BYU tickets today. It was the second worst thing of the day. Uh, Tanner, did you not... Uh, be able to get in the game. I feel bad if that's the case. Uh, that that that's awful. But that's actually a pretty funny take. If you say that's the second worst thing of the day, uh, meaning that I think you took the BYU loss as being the worst thing uh, in this one. So there you go. Some of the takeaways from from you out there in Cougar Nation. And uh, trust me, uh, that's frustrating. That's a frustrating loss, folks. I completely get all your frustration. I apologize if I didn't get to all of your guys' takes. I would have gone on for darn near an hour had I read all those tweets probably and reacted to all of them. But let me just say this. Thank you for your support of the podcast. Also, thank you for your support of BYU football. I, I don't think any of you, I think those of you who have that this passion, like, like uh, uh, Miss Beatty, Mrs. Beatty, I don't remember if you know if you're married or whatever, for her to speak up on social media when she doesn't do that naturally, the passion, the passion for BYU football, it's undeniable, folks. And I know many of you out there, no matter how much you may be frustrated, unhappy, downright irate at what's going on with BYU, I know this about all of y'all out there. Y'all are some of the most passionate fans in this country, bar none, period, end of sentence, no questions. 
Y'all are the special sauce that makes what BYU football what it is. So thank you for your support. Uh, thank you. And I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't official. I'm not a spokesman for the BYU football program. I work independent of all of this. I don't speak for my employer. I'm wearing my KSL sports hat today. I was wearing my uh, KSL. Uh, sports zone uh, polo for work at the station. I don't speak for them. I don't speak for BYU in general. I speak for myself, me, myself, and I. And I'm saying thank you to all of you for your passion, your support, and just uh, your, I don't know, uh, just thank you for being who you guys are out there. Because that passion, that's the special sauce that makes sure that BYU will always be relevant. Now, will it be relevant in the sense that your team's always winning? Not so much, but you guys are dyed in the wool, true blue uh, fans of the highest order. So thank you for that. All right, I'll, you know what? I need to. I need to stop. <laughs> it sounds a little too hokey, but you know what? Thank you for being out there. Thank you for support of the podcast. I will be breaking this down. I'll have Monday. I'll have some notes for you guys on what to take away from this film review, uh, and then we look to, to Liberty. BYU is going to make a long trip across the country uh, to take on the Flames. And right now, uh, there is a whole lot going on with this program, and not a lot of it is good, So, especially on the defensive side of the football. Can they find some answers? We sincerely hope so. But at the same time, are you expecting that? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, Interesting week ahead, and we will have it covered for you. That's what I can promise you. I will be here every single day. I ain't stopping. I don't think any of y'all are stopping. So thank you for your support as always. That'll do it for Postcast. Have a great night. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.